You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Locked On Indians podcast. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we'll talk about the game today as much as no one wants to talk about it. We're going to look into the FIP stat, um, kind of have some surprising guys in there. Talk about um, how few starters are actually qualified for FIP right now, or would be qualified for the you know the ERA title. It, it's a surprisingly small number. We'll look at the standings. We will check in with Columbus, who had another game tonight in the playoffs, with uh, a few guys going who are very likely to end up seeing uh, time with Cleveland as soon you know as the playoffs end down there in Columbus. So a 7-1 loss. Uh, this is one of the worst losses of the year. The Indians are one Oscar Mercado uh, miracle catch away from going 1-3 against a White Sox team that is 62-78, and 78, have been badly scuffling. Uh, they are 2-8 and eight over their last 10. Those only two victories, both against the Cleveland Indians. It's you know it's the same situation to a degree when they faced Boston and basically let Boston, a team that was horribly scuffling, uh, Tampa a team that was scuffling, for whatever reason it's like the Indians are what will fix you if you are having struggles as a team. Uh, the White Sox are not good. The Indians did not have to face Lucas Giolito, who is the one good pitcher they have, and the White Sox split the series with them and really. Should have probably won it. Uh, one hitter. <laughs> let's repeat that for Ronaldo Lopez. A one hitter. 11 strikeouts, three walks. Gave up one earned run in nine innings. Uh, one hit. Very nearly a no hitter against the Indians. By We'll talk about FIP in a bit, but man. I, I've been talking for a while. Zach Plesak. We are going to see more performances kind of in line with this. There's a lot of things pointing to um, throughout this whole process that he 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 was going to regress to mean, that there were going to be some signs that he is very kind of shaky at the back of the pen. He's just not missing enough bats, and he's been very hittable. And you combine those two things, it makes him a very borderline starter. Um It'll be curious to see what the Indians do this offseason. The fact is he has five more years of control. His ERA is currently sitting at 398. Um, there are certainly teams where he could be an interesting trade piece. Of course, the whole thing with this is you look at the team and you go, well, Bieber and Clevenger are for sure. Plutko and Saval. If Carrasco is ready to pitch... You've got him signed for a lot of years. I mean, there's Kluber as well, who I think they will undoubtedly um, uh, exercise his option. So someone like Plesak, who we are seeing some regression, um, who isn't missing enough bats, could be an interesting trade piece for a team that goes, well, it's five years of control of a pitcher. He's got those bloodlines. He has some nasty stuff. We'll bet on him missing bats eventually. So... I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see with Plesak. He's one of those guys that could have, could be a really uh, valuable swing commodity. Because, I mean, on top of the guys I mentioned, which is if you count Plesak in that, that's, um, what, seven potential starters. 
Then you've got Eli Morgan, who's a top 10 prospect in AA. Tristan McKenzie didn't pitch at all this year, but is one of the Indians' top prospects. That uh, Those guys are right there. Um, Scott Moss, who they got in the Bauer deal, who they aggressively promoted. Uh, Adam Scott, who was a draft pick two years ago, who's been aggressively promoted. They have a lot of starters on the cusp. So, yes, we traded Bauer this year, but um, don't be shocked if they trade a starter this offseason as well. Um, it won't be Kluber. If Kluber had pitched well this year and hadn't been hurt, it might have been him just because they have so many options and he is uh, you know, quickly approaching free agency. But with him being hurt, uh, they'll probably look for him to reestablish value and then he has another option after this year, so there's always a chance to uh, to trade him in the offseason uh, if he is pitching well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Plesak wasn't good. Ronaldo Lopez dominated the Indians. Uh, one could really look at the Indians and be like, since uh, the loss of Jose Ramirez, this lineup and this team just hasn't been the same. You go over and we do our, our standings check. And, again, we're not going to even bother talking about the Central because that's not happening. (laughs) The Indians are currently a game back of Oakland and a game and a half back of Tampa. So they are, you know, they're they're back. They have to, (laughs) and it's not, you know, if Oakland loses and they win, they're back to a tie. Um, Oakland and Tampa are both seven and three in their last ten. The Indians are five and five. They are just scuffling along to five hundred baseball. Uh, it's it's concerning. I mean, this team genuinely might not make the playoffs. Um, I gosh, I hate being this person, but I would bet against it. Uh, I'm not a gambler. I don't think I've put a bet on anything since I was in high school. Um, but if I was someone who gambled, I'd be betting against the Cleveland Indians making the playoffs just because they have such a difficult schedule compared to everyone else down the stretch. And, uh, you know, they, if they tie another team, it's, it's not like, so if, if Oakland and Cleveland are both have the same record, then they'll have a playoff game, but Oakland would get home field because Oakland won the season series. It's not one of those things where, Oh, well, Oakland won the season series. That's a tiebreaker. It's not how baseball works. But, you know, it's also that idea that this is a team that has, uh, you know, lost and lost badly to the two other teams competing for it. They've struggled against Houston. They've held their own against the Twins and the Yankees, who are arguably the top two teams. Um, Though, I mean, Houston is right up there as well. That's definitely a kind of a cream of the crop with those three. But... Yeah, the the Indians' odds for the postseason are now down to, according to ESPN, playoff odds are down to 50%. Um, this time last week it was at 80 So in the past week they have dropped 30%, which is huge. And it just says how shaky they've been. And, again, you can't lose, can't split a series to a team like the White Sox. And they very, very nearly lost this series. Time for a word from our sponsors, Bomba Sox. Um it's what your feet will dream of is the, the ad line for them. The cool thing about Bombas is every pair you buy that uh, another pair is donated to those in need. You want to go to Bombas slash locked on and you get 20% off your first purchase. Try it. Our big sponsor and our main one for this entire week has been Postmates. Um, what more can I say about Postmates? 
they are the lazy man's friend. Uh, you, you have a great Friday night. You're not feeling great for a Saturday morning. You, you know, you're like, okay, I need something heavy in my stomach to help soak up what's in there. Or I need something because I've got a pounding headache. You can postmate it. You can stay in when you feel like crap, and they will bring it to you. Um, if you're just really tired after work and you don't want to make anything, Postmates will bring it to you. It's uh, you know, it's personal Uber. They're gonna bring you what you need. You download the Postmates app. You're gonna use the promo code Locked On. You get a hundred dollars of free delivery credit for your first seven days. You can go wild, get everything you want delivered to your door in those first seven days. Max out that full one hundred. Remember, you're going to download the app, use that promo code locked on, and uh, see what all the hype I've been talking about is all about. And we're back. So, I wanted to talk about FIP because A, it's one of my favorite pitching stats. It stands for Fielding Independent uh, ERA, uh, or Fielding Independent Pitching. I, it's bad. I should know what it stands for, and I, I used to. Um, but. It's a great stat, and it's a great predictor, and there's FIP, and there's XFIP, and I've never really liked XFIP because it normalizes home run rate, and I don't think that's good. I think some pitchers are just more home run prone. Um, I don't agree with the whole idea that home run rates are kind of equal across the league, and they tend to go up and down, and they'll vary out. I, I, not for me. I, I don't really even look at XFIP. I think FIP is a better indicator, and it leads to something like you Darvish of the Cub, of the Cub, of the Cubs, now his FIP is a 474, which is ninth worst in baseball amongst qualified starters, but his XFIP is a 374. It's nearly a whole run difference, and you see a lot of guys like that, not maybe to that extreme, but that, that's a common occurrence you'll see between the two of them. Now, the Indians this past week, uh, Dylan Cease isn't going to qualify. He hasn't had enough starts, but his FIP would have been atrocious if he did. Ivan Nova the Indians did face, has the third-worst FIP in baseball. And Ronaldo Lopez, who the Indians were utterly dominated by today, has the fifth-worst FIP in baseball. So they're facing terrible pitching and still getting their butts uh, whooped repeatedly in this series. It's, it, I think that is what stings the most about this White Sox series. Um some other interesting things. 19th worst in baseball, right between former Royal uh, Homer Bailey and current Royal Brad Keller. Old friend Trevor Bauer. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention, he's getting shellacked in Cincinnati. And if you're like, well, that's a big home run park. It is, but it's not as huge of a separator as you might think between Cleveland and that. Like I, when I went to write up his article, I, I went and I looked at park factors and was kind of surprised to see... Um, to the gap because that's what I was going to lead with, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I can't lead with that because it's not entirely true. Um, it's not a huge gap, but uh, you know, Bauer, he's the thing that with him that terrified me this year when he was still with the Indians was everything was going in the wrong direction for him. Uh, I mean, his strikeouts were up, but he was walking guys at an exorbitantly high rate. His home run rate was amongst the worst in baseball. There were a lot of things there that were really, really concerning if you were a fan of the Indians. And listening to the show, I talked about all those repeatedly, and it was kind of why I was like, let's trade him now. Let's trade him now. Let's not get stuck holding you know, the potato, as it were. He, he was a hot potato. Uh, 
and he's he's imploding for the Reds right now, and he's going to make a lot of money this offseason, and the Indians got five players, four of which are very likely to still be in this system next year, and at least three of them will be. Speaking of that trade, uh, kind of maybe the forgotten piece at this point, uh, Logan Allen, who is arguably the second biggest piece in that deal, pitched tonight for the Clippers. Uh, I say he's the forgotten piece because he got a real short cup of coffee in the majors with the Indians and then went back down to Columbus and is currently down there. Uh, tonight he went five and a third innings, giving up five hits, two earned runs, two walks, just the two strikeouts. That's a little bit of a, an issue. He was then relieved by Cam Hill, who I've talked about a bunch, who pitched two innings for the Indians, uh, one walk, one strikeout, no hits allowed. And then uh, multi-time call-up Josh Smith closed the game out by pitching the final one and two-thirds innings. Uh, it's it's interesting to see with Allen, he only pitched 65. He only pitched 65. He only had 65 pitches, 40 of them for strikes, though, where Cam Hill was 31 with 17 for strikes, and uh, Smith was 23 of 17 for strikes. So, yeah, it's I do think both Allen and Hill will definitely get the call-up. Uh, Andrew Velasquez, who had a home run tonight and is already on the 40-man, very likely to get the call up. Daniel Johnson with a 2-for-4 game, including a double. Nice to see. Bobby Bradley, I like seeing that he had two walks. That stood out for me because for him to really elevate that profile, he needs something beyond power. Um, His walk rate is okay, but it needs to be better because an okay walk rate in AAA typically is one of those things that we're going to see drop when a player gets to the majors. So, yeah, it's it's one game, so obviously it is not a huge sample size. But that's, it's interesting to see that. Uh, it's a team. It's kind of funny to look at this team because you know, it's like Kaye Tom started the year in AA. Danny Johnson started the year in AA. Ernie Clement, AA. Connor Maribel, AA. But half the roster at this point was started the year in AA. Uh, they're now up two games to none chance to make quick work of Gwinnett and then move on uh again I mean just based on guys who are already on the 40 man you know for sure that Velasquez, Zimmer, Bobby Bradley who all started are coming up and then from the pitching staff you know Logan Allen will be up and I do think Cam Hill as well so we're we'll just keep with these updates because these are all guys who are going to be soon to the majors for the Cleveland Indians I wanted to talk about taking it back to FIP. I thought it was interesting because I was kind of scrolling down through here and I, you know, I came across as like Robbie Ray has the 27th worst FIP in baseball, but it's a four, it's a 418. That's not terrible. And what I came to realize is that there is only 67 starters in all of baseball right now who are qualified pitchers for uh, the the pitching title. You know, we'd say the batting title. Um, but for the in terms of they've logged enough innings, that's little more than two per team. Uh, a lot of arm injuries. It, it shows the importance of having that arm depth. I mean, the Indians have changed over uh, three-fifths of their rotation from opening day. And then one of those uh, two guys who has been there missed a significant amount of time with injury. If you're curious who the best guys have been this year by FIP, who are the, you know, this is a predictor stat more than anything else. It's kind of one of those things that tells us, you know, uh, two to three year window typically, uh, how good someone's going to be. Max Scherzer, 
far and away the top. Uh, pretty dominant, nearly uh, f- nearly half a run better than anyone else. Charlie Morton of the Rays, number two, really should be in that Cy Young conversation. He is unlikely to be. It's going to be Oliver, Lander, and Cole. But uh, Charlie Morton, who was with the Astros last year, um, really deserves to be in that conversation. Jacob DeGrom of the Mets. Then Garrett Cole, Walker Bueller of the Dodgers. I think it's interesting. I don't think a lot of people would have picked him to be the top pitcher from the Dodgers. Uh, Lance Lynn of the Rangers, to me, the most surprising name on this list. Uh, exceedingly mediocre a year ago, so much so that, you know, the Twins gave him away. Right? Aren't they the one who signed him to a contract and basically he was given away? Bounced around, but he's been excellent. Uh, the Rangers, between him and Minor, really have a, a nice kind of top of that rotation. Uh, Strasburg at 7. 8 is Hugin Rio with the Dodgers. Then Shane Bieber of the Indians. So uh, he's really kind of set him up as that potential ace for the Indians. Patrick Corbin of the Nationals. Uh, one of the better free agent signings. Mike Soraka is a rookie. Is at 11. I mean, that's that's impressive. Uh, I was not good at scout- scouting Canada. I am still not great at scouting Canada. I 100% missed the boat on Mike Soraka back in the day. Chris Sale, we talked about some of his struggles this year. He's still 12th. Uh, a down year for Chris Sale is still very good. Lucas Giolito at 13. Finally kind of hitting on all of that potential. Zach Greinke at 14, 15 being Verlander, which means we now have our first team with three guys all in the top 15. The Indians were able to do that a year ago, not so much this year. Sindingard uh, with the Mets at 16, Sonny Gray with that rebound year with the Reds at 17. I'm only going to go like top 21 because I, I like to, to not go to whole numbers. Uh, see Max Fried of the Braves at 18, Jake Odorizzi of the Twins. 19. Zach Wheeler of the Mets. Um, you know, when you kind of look at the traditional stats, I saw some people being like, how are the Mets asking for a lot with him? Or why would they even consider giving him the qualifying offer? And this is part of the reason why. There, you know, there's performance last year and there's enough this year that showed he's at least a mid-rotation, possibly a number two starter. Uh, and I at least have to mention 21 because that's Clayton Kershaw. Gives the Dodgers a, a third name on the list which means that they are then right up there with uh, the Astros and the Mets. The Mets have such an interesting offensive team. They've got three pitchers who are pitching really well. Um, the Mets should be better. Like, there's no no other way around it. Like, I'm just going to... The Mets are going to turn into my second favorite team just because it's such an oddball group, and I have no idea what to make of them. And I'm constantly being like, man, this team has got some players. I mean, I kind of want to just make a whole podcast that's on the Mets at this point. I'm just, I'm utterly fascinated by their roster, by their players, by by everything. Uh, you know, outside the Indians, I spend more time looking at the Mets and just being like, man, really? The, 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 you know, Jeff McNeil, most underrated hitter in baseball. They got three ace-level pitchers. Pete Alonso just had one of the best rookie seasons in the history of the league. <laughs> Michael Conforto is good every year. I I don't know. I I just look at them. I'm like they should be better. It. I. You know, JD Davis. I talked about his breakout. It's it's a, it's a fun and interesting team. And I'm going to be, watching them as closely as I watch the Indians this off season. Um, 
I wouldn't mind personally if, you know, I talked about the Indians and their pitching depth. You get right down to it, that's been the issue for the Mets. They Their starting pitching depth has been an, an issue for them this year due to, you know, injuries and such. Um, they, you, you look at them and they did trade away Vargas, but it's still Mats, Wheeler, Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Stroman. They still have Stroman, which we sometimes, I know I forget about. But uh, if they were to, say, lose someone like Wheeler in the offseason, you got to wonder if, you know, it, I, I feel like Dominic Smith is the best trade asset. I just, the Indians don't have a spot for him. But it, they're going to be an interesting team, certainly, to watch. And I would love to put together a trade for Jeff McNeil. Everyone out there, I'm getting some like people asking about Whit Merrifield. Uh, and Whit Merrifield's great. He is. But I'd rather make a play for Jeff McNeil. Um I think he'd be a, you get more years of control, and he's younger, and he probably would be cheaper just because he he hasn't had like been recognized and gotten the awards that someone like Merrifield has gotten. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening. It has been a brutal week. To, it's been a brutal two weeks to be an Indians fan. Let's be honest. Um, we'll see this weekend series with the uh, the Twins. I didn't even really dive into um, the pitching matchups and all of that stuff. It's it's very important. The Indians can't get swept again. And it's not even about the division because the division is is kind of, a like I said before, it's a pipe dream. It's about keeping up in that wild card. It's not falling back further. Um, I mean, from my perspective as someone who writes about the draft, when the Indians are worse, that actually ends up helping my numbers. So it's always that conflict. But like at this point in the year, I'm like, I don't know if this team could win a World Series anyways, so maybe I just root for a higher draft position. I mean, not really. I do want them to make the playoffs. Anything can happen, as we've seen in years past. But uh, as someone who's a bit of a positive thinker, that that's my, my positive takeaway, that um, if they collapse, as they... Uh, I'm not saying they necessarily will, but we've had some, some annoying bits here. Uh, at least that's my positive takeaway. Uh, better draft position and what shapes up to be a good-looking draft in a year. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Again, it's it's been a rough time to be an Indians fan, but hopefully things will turn around. And as always, go Tribe!